There is a dark place, but I'm not going there. No, no, not on my way. There is a dark place, but I'm not going there. No, no, not on my way. Hi, I'm Jordan. And I'm Lex. And this is Or Learn Parkour, a podcast about ADHD by two people who very much have ADHD. We've got a brain full of it, ADHD, and not much else. There's also, like, I don't know, there's some other stuff in there, like Mitski lyrics. Very strong opinions about great flavor. A lot of brain space dedicated to, like, baked goods. Ooh, yes. Mm-hmm. And fun facts about baked goods. Like, did you know that vanillin, which is the flavoring that is used to make artificial vanilla, is not from vanilla. It's actually from wood, like tree wood. It's called vanillin. That's great audio. Fantastic. Are you doing that so we'll have to cut this? No. I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that we can just tag it as bad mouth noises. Mac and cheese mouth. Yeah, but that's not even mac and cheese mouth. That's just me purposefully making some like Bissell vacuum noises. Absolute walnut on purpose. Yeah. Thank you for that. I love trees. Trees are great. You ever just want to chew on wood? You know, like the the pencil biting and pencil chewing instinct. It comes from somewhere. I never wanted to chew on pencils because of the paint and the paint would flake and it was upsetting to me. Mm. But eating a handful of bark sounds very satisfying. Like eating or just chewing on? Just, I guess, chewing on. Yeah. Just kind of ruminating, doing the cow Mm. chewing. No, I I liked the, I specifically like having a stick. I'm holding Mm. onto the stick and I'm just gnawing on it like a feral dog. The, the canine instinct. The cane instinct. <laughs> and then you use the stick to stab your brother. Yep. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> Sorry, Ross. I'm not going to stab you, I promise. <laughs> I mean, one time my brother held me down and farted on my head, so like, TBD, I might. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like completely, completely even and just retribution. Oh, yeah. For getting farted on. Just a little stab, a little stabby stab. A little stabby With stab. With a shoot on pencil. Do we want to do a podcast now? We could do a podcast, I suppose. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Just to cover some bases real quick. So last episode, I did talk about a old YouTube video and I have heard some feedback and I hear you and you're right. Uh, I definitely should have forewarned everyone. That video has not aged well. And so if you do want to watch it, do so at your own risk. There's a lot of racist and homophobic, uh, not even overtones, just uh, content. Straight content. Yeah. Which, to be fair... To be fair. To be fair. I, um, forgot (laughs) because I had meant to, like, watch the video before talking about it as a means to an end to talk about psychedelic drugs, Mm -hmm. but I didn't watch the video. I just watched another video about the real story behind the video and heard about Dan Deacon and stuff, which, like, now in hindsight, I'm like, Dan Deacon, what were you doing? (laughs) Dan Deacon, why? But um, just as a, like, blanket term there, I was not saying that you should all watch that. I was not saying that it's worth watching. We're not supporting any of the things expressed in that video. Yeah, it just is a cornerstone of my personal adventure in understanding psychedelic drugs. So, So, yeah, your mileage may vary on that one. Yes. 
So there's that. The other thing that we wanted to cover was that next week, we just wanted to give you a little hint, a mm-hmm. little peeksie behind the curtain, because we hung up curtains in our living room that we're hiding behind, well, blankets, I'm not going to lie, blankets for right now, but we're waiting to get curtains, so we have our own little soundproof podcasting corner. We have a studio, y'all. Yeah. Okay, I say soundproof, but like sound muted. <laughs> It, lots of blankets. Lots of blankets. It's a professional blanket fort. Oh, yeah. I love being a podcaster. This is really my dream. I love being able to say that we are podcasters. I just love sitting, having an excuse to build a permanent blanket fort just in a corner in of our living room. sitting in permanent blanket fort sweating because there's no airflow and we've shut all the windows to minimize as much noise as possible. We've hung up a blanket over the windows facing the street. Two blankets over the windows. Two blankets? Mm-hmm. Two? Mm-hmm. I wasn't out there. I was in the fort getting everything. <laughs> <laughs> ready while Jordan tacked that one up. Sure you were. I was. I was listening to the music from the Umbrella Academy season two playlist because I'm just here it's on that journey. Emotional work. Yeah. So that we can bring our best to you. Yes. But so to peek behind the blanket, the blanket <laughs> as it were. We did just do our first Zoom recording with a guest. So you will be able to hear us interacting with other people. Mm-hmm. Safely. Yes. Over the internet. Virtually. Yes. Socially distanced. Yes. Very distanced. So distanced. We can't tell you about this guest because we want it to be a surprise, but they're not in Chicago. So very distanced. Yes. Very, very distanced. But it was so fun. So cool. We got to talk to someone else who has ADHD and we're really excited to share that episode with you after so this excited. one. So just make sure you tune in and get ready to hear us talk about some wild stuff with someone who's not us. So you'll hear another voice and we're pretty stoked that we've reached that point. And speaking of that as well, our first three episodes we recorded at once. Mm -hmm. Not at once, like in one sitting, but like within a period of two or three days, we recorded our first three episodes and our trailer so that we could take our time editing and releasing those. And now we're caught up. And now we're at the point where we've gotten your listener questions, we've gotten your feedback, we've gotten the follows, we've gotten the subscriptions, and we're overwhelmed. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Thank you so much. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are so appreciative. Uh, We really did think it was going to be like maybe two or three of our very close friends who felt obligated to listen. And to those two or three friends who are listening because they feel obligated. We also love you. Oh, we do. (laughs) We do love you. We just thought that you would be the only ones here. And the website that we host from showed that we have 67 regular listeners after three episodes. Mm -hmm. And I know that that doesn't seem like a super big number, but like two more of you join and we're set. <laughs> then we're gonna have to stop the podcast. Then we're, we're gonna have to, to like password protect it. Yeah, so no. only the the sixty nine listeners. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry about me and us for that. But yeah, no, really though. Thank you so much. Thank you for those of you who have shared. And we have fan art, which like wild. Hello. Thank you, Caitlin. Also, Thank if you, you want to see some amazing art, please go follow Caitlin Forbes. She is. She did not pay us to draws. say this. No, I just love her a lot. Yeah, no, she's amazing. She's my favorite, and I need to look up what her social media is so I can tell you all to go follow her. Yes. Okay, so while Jordan is looking up Caitlin's social media, just going to continue to profusely and sincerely thank you all for listening. It's very strange to feel very perceived and to know that people are listening to our little gobs chatting away about (laughs) brain worms and other shit like that, and we didn't expect to have the reception that we did Mm -hmm. already after three episodes 
thank you. Especially in this time, like this day and age, we weren't trying to, like, we've been really specifically trying not to promote ourselves in this podcast very much because there are a lot of other things happening in the world right now Mm -hmm. that are very much in need of our attention, work, and focus. So the fact that there are some of you out there who have made the time to sit and listen and dialogue with us about ADHD and mental health is Mm -hmm. just really cool. And so we want to say how much we appreciate you and appreciate this podcast community as it's growing. Yeah, it's it's a really special thing to get to be with you in your ears right now. And the fact that we can have this conversation about mental health when everything else is happening so much. Yeah. Is we're we're really happy to get to be a part of that conversation with you. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can follow Caitlin Forbes, the oh, yes. wonderful, beautiful, stunning, radiant, sunshine human being Caitlin Forbes on Instagram. She is at souldraws underscore and on Twitter she is at Forbes Caitlin. Yes. She's Soul wonderful. Draws is S O L draws. Yes. Not S-O-U-L, but S-O-L. Or S-O-L-E. Although she is very good at drawing shoes, so it could be S-O-L-E draws, but it's not. It's S-O-L. Yeah, and she does have a beautiful soul. She does. Thank you, Jesse McCartney. That song's about her, actually. It is. Mm -hmm. It's true. We checked. I called my good friend Jesse and said, that song's about Kate, right? And he was like, oh, hell yeah. She slaps. She's amazing. Yes. Um, (laughs) That's 100% true and correct and accurate. No further need to question or check us. Don't worry about it. No reason. (laughs) Yeah. uh, On the real quick note of everything that's happening right now, if you're feeling helpless or like you're not able to do anything to help people of color, specifically to help black people in your communities, please Google. Google is your friend right now. Please don't reach out to your friends who are black. Please don't reach out to your friends of color to ask them what you should be doing. Please just Google it. Find the organizations that are worth donating to if you can. Go to protests if you can and if you feel safe, you know. Mm -hmm. But there are things you can be doing and we want to encourage that as well because if all of the people who are listening to this podcast put regular effort into fighting racial injustice, that would be pretty dope too. And I'm not saying that you're not. Just, you know, we want to make sure that this community is not focused on us, but Mm -hmm. focused on how we can help other people and how we can make the world a slightly less dark and scary place. Absolutely. On that note. Yes. Should we tell our audience about what we're going to talk about today? We probably should. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good call. Cool, cool, cool. We're going to be talking about living with ADHD. In a more specific sense, that's kind of what the whole podcast has been about (laughs) in some way or another. How's that limoncello LaCroix treating you? I was trying to take a really quiet drink (laughs) while you talked. Do you feel refreshed? Do you feel sated? Do you feel sparkly inside and out now? Yeah. Great. So we're going to be talking about our coping mechanisms and the things that we actually practically do to make living with ADHD easier and to combat the symptoms of ADHD. So we're going to be sharing some of our tips and tricks and probably not sweet flips because this is not a very large blanket for it, but... We're going to have those for you, and we're also going to kind of go on a quick little hop, skip, and a jump tour over what other people do or what common ways of dealing with ADHD are and some some not-so-common ways that we are not advocating for. But they happen. People sure do do some things. Yeah, and again, you know... Every episode we say this and we'll say it again. We are not medical professionals. Not in the least. We are not telling you what you should or should not do with your body or your heart or your mind. Or your money. 
Oh gosh, uh, yeah. So really, we're not telling you what to do or what not to do. We're just gonna tell you what we do, mm-hmm. and then also tell you some common advice that some communities like to give people with ADHD. So you have the whole picture to make your own educated decision. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Do we want to hop into our education station? Education station. Do we like that? Are we jiving with that? Hell yeah. Can we hop on board and chugga-chugga-choo-choo our way into some knowledge? Like, let's just, like, hot chocolate polar express our way into some learning. Yeah! So we have some things that are coming straight to us from the medical side of things. We have some things that are coming to us from the... I think the best way to describe it is we have a chart. Mm-hmm. And one one column in this chart is mm-hmm. FDA-approved treatments and coping <laughs> mechanisms. Yeah. And the other one is not. not not at all approved by the FDA and sometimes actively advocated against. There's just the a FDA. star by a couple of them at the bottom that says, this is definitely a poison. Yeah. So there are some interesting takes. We'll get into those later. Lex, do you want to take it away on the things that are <laughs> FDA approved? Yeah. Yes. So the Food and Drug Administration, as we all know and love, and we've talked about so much on this podcast already. Our kooky uncle, the FDA. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining the FDA, the human version of the FDA is just a tired old uncle in like a suit, Mm -hmm. but it's a very rumpled suit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he's definitely got a few empty beers on the table next to him. He's earned it. He's in the lazy boy. And everyone keeps being like, oh, wait, do you have the meat thermometer? And And he does. That's the thing about Uncle FDA. He does. He always does. He's always there for us. Uncle Ferda. (laughs) (laughs) FDA is so close to Ferda, I couldn't help it. Okay. So, the... (laughs) Ferda boys, boys. Okay, so the FDA has approved a couple of options for ADHD Mm -hmm. throughout the years, and some are more recent, Mm -hmm. and some are on just a scaling timeline that we talked about in our last episode. We sure did. So FDA-approved treatments and coping mechanisms for ADHD basically is stimulants, Mm -hmm. aka medication that Mm -hmm. is usually stimulants. We've got Adderall, Ritalin, Concerta, or Concerta. Focalin, Detrana, Metadate. Ooh. I want to go on a Metadate. I don't. That sounds really emotionally exhausting. Metadate? I think maybe that's just what it means when you talk about your relationship with your partner. I'm going to have to check with my partner on on that one. He's the philosopher, so I'm sure if I was like, what's a Metadate? Should we go on a Metadate? I'd like to Metadate you. And then he would just be like, babe, this is like, it's 3 a.m. Please go to sleep. (laughs) Uh, in Vyvanse, mm-hmm. those are the most popular uh, stimulants. And the reason that stimulants are given to people with ADHD brains is because we don't know a ton about ADHD brains, but we do know we lack proper stimulation. We lack dopamine because mm-hmm. our brains are understimulated. So it's mm-hmm. not that people are hyperactive or inattentive because their brains are all over the place. It's because their brains are too fast. They're searching for something Yeah, sorry, to... not too fast. They're searching for things to latch onto. They mm-hmm. process through things too quickly in terms mm-hmm. of what 
actually gives you the dopamine. Mm-hmm. So stimulants get us to a base level. Yeah. Proud to say. Oh, I shouldn't say proud, but like not not proud. It's just kind of neutral. I'm on Adderall and I'm also on Zoloft. So mm-hmm. I do have some antidepressants. Oh yeah. Antidepressants are often paired with stimulants too. Because this is true. The comorbidity of anxiety and depression. And there are also some antidepressants that are off-label prescriptions for ADHD, like Wellbutrin. So yeah, there is some make your brain make the happy chemicals Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. overlap. Yeah, so there's lots of medication, lots of pills you can just pop right in your little gob and Mm -hmm. get focused. It's really actually truly. It's great. It's It's not for everybody. You and your doctors are the people who can make that decision for you. But I am also on Adderall and it has been a game changer for me. Yeah. Other FDA approved (laughs) treatments and or FDA neutral, scientifically medically supported treatments. Yes. There we go. Yeah. So cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. Cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. is the, the mainstream therapy. <laughs> Any sort of talk therapy or behavioral educational therapy mm-hmm. is often used for ADHD. Oh, and education services. Mm-hmm. So for people who have ADHD and are still in school of some kind, oftentimes there are resources for those of you who are still doing school. And if you're doing school right now, I'm so sorry. Godspeed. You're incredible. You're incredible. I wish that this wasn't the way the world worked right Mm -hmm. now, but here we are and Godspeed. But that is one thing that you should look into. Yes. If you are at a public schooling Mm -hmm. institution, Mm -hmm. they should legally be required to have some sort of resources for people who are neurodivergent. So yes, you are, I believe, legally entitled to an individualized education plan. Yeah. An IEP, Mm -hmm. as they say. Yeah. So those are some common options. There is one other treatment that I found that has been approved by the FDA. What is that? And I'm kind of interested in trying it, and I just want to run it past you and see what you think. Is this another mushrooms thing? Those are not FDA approved. (laughs) So for those of you who didn't want to listen to the episode before this one, I did talk a little bit about psychedelic drugs because there are a lot of studies being done to see how psychedelic drugs can be used to treat and help people who are neurodivergent Mm -hmm. or have other mental disorders. But that's not FDA approved. So no, this is not mushrooms because this one is FDA approved. And I think I'm going to try it just here at home. I'm going to go get my jumper cables okay. from my Subaru. I'm going to hop in the bath. Okay. I'm going to turn the water on. And yeah. And I'm going to have, like, I just need you to put, like, one of the jumper cables on, like, our microwave, maybe, and then the other one on my head. And then let's just I see how it goes. don't think that's how microwaves work, but that's a hyperfixation for another day. There's, but the electricity powers them. Yes. So, like, we just need to get to some sort of electrical panel nearest our bathroom. And to my so mind, maybe, I was like... What if I clip the jumper cables to a fork and then stick the fork in an outlet? Perfect. Yes. So, all right. And this is definitely totally safe mm-hmm. and helpful. I will say... <laughs> This is not, this is not, the, the, the please FDA don't approved, do like, this. Please, yeah, please do not do please this. Don't. This was a bit. I am not going to electrocute myself. On purpose. But, on purpose. On purpose. But the FDA has approved as of, I think, 2019. Wowzers. Yeah. FDA permits marketing a first medical device for treatment of ADHD, and it is a <clears throat> external trigeminal nerve stimulation system. Etins. Etins. It's not a great acronym. Y'all could have done a bit better on that. 
It's a treatment device that works by sending mild electrical stimulation shocks to the nervous system. Ooh. And it's a very new thing. She's fresh. She is fresh and spicy, if not sexy. Sounds very spicy. Yes. So basically it's a device that attaches to your forehead. Oh, with a little patch and a wire. It sits like right above your eyebrows and delivers a slight tingling sensation on the skin. And every night before bed, this was tested on kids. And so these kids would put on this little device and they would have these little shocks delivered to their little kid brains. Oh. I mean, but it doesn't feel like shocks. Apparently it just feels like, I am assuming it feels similar to like a twitch because it's your nerves reacting. Like flexing? Yeah, but it's on your forehead, so I'm assuming it must feel like a twitch, right? I don't know. Apparently, over like a month, these kids got their brains zippy-zapped, and their ADHD symptoms significantly lessened Hmm. when compared to the group that was just given the placebo patch and electric stuff. I don't know. The non-twitchy version? I will also add the caveat that I'm also not a scientist in any way, shape, or form, so I have no idea what I'm reading to you right now. But I do know that people put shock pads and wires on little kids' foreheads and tested it out, and it's safe, and it's FDA approved, and it seems to work for some kids, and that's great. I mean, shock therapy has been a thing in some versions or another for quite some time. When I think of shock therapy, I think of awful, awful things and not this. Fair. I I imagine a get-out situation, a Frankenstein situation, uh, you know, conversion therapy. Yeah, uh, I listened to the Next to Normal soundtrack too many times sophomore year of high school to really vibe with that. But it works for some people. I don't want to mischaracterize that by media representations. If it works for you, it works for you. Mm Mm-hmm. And I will say, you know, people are still researching. Yeah, absolutely. And medication is getting more advanced Mm -hmm. by the day. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stimulants that aren't really technically stimulants. Like they've made new versions of stimulants that Mm -hmm. don't have quite the same side effects as original stimulants for people. But if Adderall or Ritalin work well for you, Mm -hmm. I will say they are the cheapest option Mm -hmm. in terms of accessibility because they've been on the market for so long that there are a ton of off brand versions of those drugs. Yep, that's frontline treatment against attention deficit hyperactivity disorder right now. Yeah. There are some other things, though, if that doesn't work for you. Oh, yes. Please do go on. So we're going to kind of start at the not FDA approved, per se, because it's not a medication, but kind of common sense stuff. Mm -hmm. And then like the things that kind of help with just being a human. Yes. Cool. Cool, Like the first one is diet. Oh, okay. I'm hesitant. Not just generally dieting, not like, hey, go buy some Atkins bars and it's going to cure your ADHD, but... Yeah, please do not do that. Don't do that for any reason. (laughs) Only do that if you've talked to your nutritionist and you're really feeling set on it. Yeah, but what you can do... What can I do? You can. (laughs) Well, can you? Because what I'm about to say is just eat fish. Oh, no. Sorry, B. I can't. This one's all for me then, and I don't mind that because I will eat plenty of fish. You're going to eat the website? You're going to eat the dating website? I am. I'm going to consume it for power. <laughs> any, are any hot singles in your area? No. No, they're all in Jordan's stomach. Yeah, no, Jordan, my roommate, ate them. And it cured my ADHD. Yeah. Wild. Amazing. No, but there is some studies that show a correlation between improved brain function and a higher consumption of omega-3 fatty acids, which are most commonly found in fish. Like salmon is my personal favorite. Oh, I miss West Coast seafood. 
Anyways, some people also forego artificial food colorings and preservatives. There are some studies about that, but nothing official. There are also some supplements that we do know from like a brain chemistry perspective do help you create dopamine. However, depending on why your brain isn't creating enough of it, what comorbid mental disorders you have, what else you're eating, the way to fix this varies. Because some people say, oh, go take zinc and iron supplements because zinc and iron are, we know, important to creating those chemicals in your brain. But if you're already getting enough zinc and iron in your diet, that's not going to help. You're going to spend a ton of money on supplements and usually supplements aren't FDA approved. So those are options you can pursue. But again, talk to a doctor and a nutritionist before you give any of that a go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People also recommend exercise because as the famed and lauded Elle Woods gave us, exercise gives you endorphins and endorphins make you happy. Unhappy people don't kill their husbands. They just don't. She's right. She is. She's very right. She's correct. And what exercise also does is, A, can give you the good brain juice. If that's something that's doable for you, exercise looks different for everybody. It can also, in like a very practical way, if you have a lot of excess energy or anxiety, give you an opportunity to work that out. Just do the thing to take care of the fight or flight instinct. Yes. To help your brain not be so scared. And with ADHD, depending on the kind of exercise you do, it can provide a locus of focus. Great. What exercise can also do, depending on the type of exercise, if it's something that requires... Does it require holy water? No. Does it require... Not exercise. Exercise. Oh. If it requires remembering dance steps or counting repetitions or something like that, that gives you a brain focus element and isn't just like, I'm running... Mm-hmm. That can also be a place to put your focus. So yeah. there's that element of exercise that is beneficial as well. All right. Okay. I have a lot of explaining to do in my uh, aerobics classes that I used to go to, huh? You know, they would just what be like, do? Lex, why did you bring the black robes again? Lex, why are you trying to <laughs> chant? We're just doing five, six, seven, eight. We're just counting numbers. Why do you have Latin books? That's a whole other ADHD problem, the auditory processing Lex, disorder. why are you drawing on the dance floor? That's, the blood's really slippery. We can't have that in here. <laughs> Lex, someone's going to get hurt. <laughs> well, I'd hope so. I <laughs> Like, it's going to the point <laughs> for, like, at least the demon to get a Only lure. the virgin. Only the virgin maybe could get hurt if we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> However, <laughs> exercise or exorcisms, neither of them are really doing the trick. We can go deeper. Thank you, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> In the hit movie Inception... We can like, take... why was that a hit, really? Like, why did we all just go buck wild for that movie? Think Ellen that... Page. Oh, yeah. I was also going to say, I think at one point, some guy says, dream a little bigger, darling, and it's a bit homoerotic, and we all latched onto that. And also Ellen Page is there. Yeah. Okay. Problem solved. Yeah. Moving on to essential oils. Oh, now, there are a couple different ways of coming <laughs> Thank you at- to all of our essential oils. You are the real heroes in these unprecedented times. <laughs> the real- <Sorry>. the- <laughs> Tell me about essential oils, please. Yeah. So there are a couple ways to come at some of the symptoms of ADHD with essential oils. And some of this actually kind of makes sense because it's like, oh, how about chamomile and lavender to calm you down? Which- to historically calming sense, yes. Yes. 
So those sort of things, right on. Some other people suggest, I should have looked up how to say this, but I'm just gonna do it live. Ylang Ylang oil? I'm not gonna help you with this one. Okay. Because I also don't know it. Okay. I'm, sh- I'm sure we'll hear about it. But that one and vetiver and frankincense and patchouli are ones that come up pretty commonly. Did the baby Jesus have ADHD? Wow, that would be incredible representation. Yeah. There are a number of blogs on the internet that report that is helpful. However, there are no... FDA-approved treatments based on those things. Uh, There is no FDA monitoring of the quality or potency or origin of essential oils. So, uh, good luck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If that works for you, I'm not here to just dunk on essential oils, but if you do decide to try any of these things, don't ingest essential oils and don't put them directly on your skin either. And when you're diffusing... Mm -hmm essential oils please 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 if you have pets look up which essential oils are okay for pets and which ones are not because of most are... of them are really not okay yeah for pets yeah so tread very cautiously in the realm of essential oils if that's the route that you want to go we also have some quote-unquote natural stimulant options which okay. i i understand where people kind of take that route because as we discussed before most of the prescribed treatments for mm-hmm. ADHD are stimulants. So you'd go, oh, okay, we're following that vein of thought. So ginseng is a popular one. A lot of people have probably heard of that from like fancy energy drinks where it's in there with some other quote unquote natural, which is not a word that has any defined meaning. Sort of. You heard it here first. Just pound back a monster energy drink and you'll cure your ADHD. If that doesn't work, follow it up directly with a Red Bull. That'll definitely make you feel really good. That'll make you feel... You're uh, going to have an amazing day, followed by a really, really awful evening. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to exist in some relation to time for a while. If that doesn't work, though, if you feel too wound up, just throw back some NyQuil and oh. that'll counteract it. Yeah, I would definitely recommend. But for real, the important thing to know about ginseng specifically, and also to be aware of with any other natural stimulants you might want to try, ginseng can interact very negatively with prescribed medications you can be on. So don't just give that one a little spin. Be very careful with that one. Oh, yeah. Same thing with charcoal. Mm -hmm. Charcoal will often just completely mitigate anything you Control Z's, your meds. Mm -hmm. So don't do that. At all, Mm -hmm. unless you have a need to get all of the things in your system out. I do want to real quick mention that, surprisingly, tobacco is a commonly suggested alternative treatment because I guess it's a stimulant, but I don't need to explain why that's a bad idea. So here's where we get into the truly weird stuff. In the magical world of homeopathy, Mm. some of you may have seen or heard of Synapsol which is a liquid made from green oat grass, sweet violet, and an herb called skullcap, which definitely sounds safe to ingest. That is made specifically to treat ADHD. It's gluten-free, in case we were worried about that, and it's supposed to help your concentration. The thing with homeopathy, it's like the LaCroix of medicine, Mm -hmm. where it just has a shadow of a whisper of the essence of this item in it. So it's mostly water Mm -hmm. with a little bit of poison. My favorite thing about Synaptol is that 
you may have heard that there is sweet violet essence in there, and that is not for color. It is not for flavor. It is not for any sort of supplementary value. It doesn't do anything good to your brain. It, quote, enhances the formulation of the product itself, making it a lot more appropriate. Okay. So Synaptol just had its titties out until we put some violet in it, and now it's... Synaptol. <laughs> Synaptol was not using utensils at the dinner table. Synaptol was the kid with ADHD pulling the tablecloth Synaptol off the table. Synaptol was fidgety Phil. It all comes full circle. <laughs> Illuminati. <laughs> Uh, we also have hyoscyamus and stramonium, which are two homeopathic remedies recommended for ADHD. Hyoscyamus is also known as henbane. I think that specifically is recommended for children who present manic or sexualized symptoms. And stramonium is also referred to as devil snare. And these are both the f***ing plant from Harry Potter. <laughs> So they were like, here's a an ADHD treatment. It's the turfy plant. These are both real plants and they are both in the nightshade family. So if you take, you know, poison. Yes, it's poison. These are known to cause hallucinations. So it's not just like kill you poison. It's a mess you ride up poison. But it's only a little bit, so it's fine, right? I mean, there are several medications that use just like a little bit of toxins or yeah. poisons. Like that is a thing, mm -hmm. but not very many. Yeah. And they're very heavily regulated. <laughs> these are not. You can buy these right off the internet. Oh, no. uh, and you know what else you can People buy? People make money off of these things. People make money off of these things. They also make money off of some really fascinating treatments like Midorinum, which is a homeopathic remedy. Do you want to guess what Midorinum is made out of? It turns you into She-Ra. No, no, it doesn't. Madornum. I want to be an eight foot tall lesbian. Don't we all? I don't think this is going to help you with that, though, because this is just the pee from a man with gonorrhea. It is processed urine from male gonorrhea patients. Uh, we also have bovine tuberculosis samples. It's called tuberculinum bovinum, and they extract Cows. that. Yes. I know what a bovine is. Yes. I was in 4-H. Congratulations. Sorry, my brain short-circuited and just came back to life when I heard bovine. And I was like, cows. That's fair. Cows you resuscitated really me. really don't want to hear most of this because it just gets worse. Right. After suggesting you inoculate your child with tuberculosis, which, to be fair, tuberculosis treatments in real life are made from. But this is just buy it on the internet and give it to your kid for ADHD, which... Just get the vaccine, you assholes. It's still not going to cure your ADHD. Well, I mean, yes. Yeah, sorry. It's not going to do shit for your ADHD. But also, if you're trying to, like, inoculate a child for tuberculosis, don't we have a TB vaccine? I'm pretty sure we do. And even if we don't have a TB vaccine, if you want to inoculate... Why are you... Oh, I have a lot of bones to pick. I know. I know this. We also have a something called Merxol that is commonly prescribed to calm folks with ADHD. And if you take enough of it, it might work because it's mercury. It's mercury. <laughs> it's soluble mercury. Merxol. <laughs> Give it to your kill. soul. Calms them right down. It just calms them right down into the grave. Same with our uh, last and certainly not least no. cure, Tarantula Hispania, which is supposed to address physical hyperactive element of ADHD with tarantula venom. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, it's 
don't do these. Don't do any of these. Please do not try these things. Do not give these people your money. They want to scam you and kill your children. Yeah, but that's all I had. Wow. Okay. Have you tried any of these? Do you want to give them a go and see if they'd work, or do we have other options? I want to just go look at some cows. Okay. We'll look up some Scottish Highland cows now. Okay. Also, it's interesting, right? Because a lot of the approach to ADHD is treating symptoms Mm -hmm. and or people are trying to quote unquote cure ADHD. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Curing things like ADHD. Spoiler, we don't need to be fixed. There are ways to help us cope within this society that is not built for us. And I think that's all well and dandy. But it does beg the question of what kind of system is it where it doesn't work for this huge chunk of the population? Yeah, and that's what even our coping mechanisms and the methods of navigating are all just this system wasn't made for us. How do we adjust it? How do we hack the system? Yes. Yeah. How do we IKEA hack the Bjorn Feyest dresser of life? Yeah, exactly. Speaking of, though. Can you tell me a little bit about your things that you do? Okay. I thought that was going to be a general sentence of my things. I was like, I have many. Which one? But my things for ADHD. Yeah. What do you do? I do a lot of things. I'm, as we've covered before, sort of new in this journey. So still testing a lot of things out. But everything that I have had good luck with and implemented in my life right now falls under the game of how do you make it fun or interesting or urgent? Because those are the things that activate ADHD brains to get tasks done. And that's what I'm sort of going to be focusing on is how do I get tasks done? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that task is a specific like, how do we do the paperwork for this podcast? Sometimes that task is how do I get the dishes done and keep my house clean? Sometimes that task is how do I check in with myself and stay aware of how I'm feeling, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's all sort of in that bubble. I am a big fan of the Pomodoro method. Tell me about this Pomeranian, pomegranate, pomme de terre method. I will tell you about the potato method. Yes. Thank you. Pomme de terre is apple of the earth in French. It's the one thing I remember from French class in high school. It means potato. Thank you, Mr. Pender. (laughs) (laughs) Merci, Madame Fainter, Madame McMiniman. The Pomodoro method is a great way of getting yourself to focus on any task because it's a it's a timing method and the way that it works is you set a timer there are a lot of great apps that have this timer programmed in it and you can just press a button and it will go and tell you what to do but long story short the system is 25 minutes of focus on whatever task you're working on and then five minutes of break and that works great for me because a it puts a deadline on something it says you have 25 minutes go and that's activating and then it puts a little reward at the end especially if I know ahead of time oh I'm gonna spend my five minutes making myself a milkshake or getting on Twitter or petting my cats or whatever it ticks off two of those boxes I have a deadline and I have a reward at the end that makes it fun makes the dopamine go and so I use that for a lot of things along nice with- yeah <laughs> thank you thank you Along the line of rewards at the end, candy. Candy is another method that I use to do many, many things. In the words of dog trainers, (laughs) Jordan is very food motivated. I am very food motivated. This is true. I also have the canine instinct. Yeah, two different canine instincts. It's just full spectrum representation over here of dogs, I guess. Yeah. And we have the Pomeranians, too. 
we're just out here showing up today for dogs. Mm-hmm. But all that to say, like, candy's a very effective reward for me. Baked goods, very effective reward for me. Stopping to get a coffee, very effective reward for me. So I can say, if I can get this done, I will have this bag of candy. If I do this thing that I hate doing, 98% of the time it's going to the dentist, I will stop at the nice bakery on my way home. If I have my textbook open and I am staring at the same paragraph for years, I will get my package of M&Ms and I will put one on each paragraph or section and I'll just read the page like that and throw them back. And it's great. See, that's so fun in theory, (laughs) but... It requires the prerequisite of having self-control at all. (laughs) (laughs) To not eat the candy first. Because I once tried that method Mm -hmm. in school. Mm Because someone was like, hey, if you put like Skittles or M&Ms or something on the bottom of each page Mm -hmm. or ends of paragraphs when you're done reading the boring textbook, it's like a little reward. And me and my goblin brain, (laughs) I open the book, I set all the Skittles down. And just before I know it, I'm not reading. I'm just picking out all the Skittles from where I've placed them (laughs) with my little (laughs) goblin raccoon hands and just... And then I'm like, oh, I didn't read it, but I also got rid of my reward system, so eh, we're done. Hey, well, different strokes for different folks. Yes, yes. Along those lines, do you want to talk about what works for you then? Yeah, absolutely I do. Uh, So we've already established the candy. Mm -hmm. I do also like candy, but I have no self-control with it. Like the other day, I went to our kitchen being like, I'm going to get a breakfast bar and a banana. Did you get a breakfast bar and or a banana? A banana? No. Mm. Um, I did grab the LaCroix. Okay. That I wanted to grab. There you go. The delicious limoncello LaCroix. (laughs) Summer flavor. But instead of grabbing the breakfast bar and the banana, I somehow blacked out. And when I got back to my room, I all of a sudden was like, oh, there's not a banana in my mouth. It's a Charleston chew. And then Mm. there's some mini starbursts. I mean, there are definitely worse things to black out and come to with in your mouth. No, I know. I know this, but also like candy. It's not a good motivator for me because it's just like my brain just shuts off. So candy does not work for me. I'm not super reward motivated. Mm -hmm. If there's something fun after the bad thing I have to do, my brain is like, why would I go through all of these steps when I could just go straight to the fun thing? It's Mm -hmm. right there. So I have had to make the things that I don't like to do fun. So I will either put on my favorite type of music or I will put on cute clothes Mm. for said task. Uh, Often the things that I do not like to do are things on my computer, including like applying for jobs and writing long cover letters. Those are really, that's really Mm -hmm. the most recent unfun thing I've had to do. If it's stuff like cleaning, I'm very movement motivated in that once I start going, Mm -hmm. and maybe not movement motivated, but I know that once I start cleaning, I will feel so amazing afterwards. So I just, I like to clean. And I like that I'm moving around while I'm cleaning because then I don't have to go and take my daily turn about the yard. Just kidding. We have a very small yard. That would be a very short walk. Um, But up and down the stairs would be. It's true. We do live on the top floor of this apartment building. (laughs) But there is something to be said for that because that's a pretty commonly recommended way to make things fun is to engage multiple senses while doing Mm -hmm. it to Mm -hmm. get more stimulation. So it's something that's easier to focus on. Yep. One thing that's really interesting that I've learned about ADHD is that it's it's not that we're overstimulated and mm-hmm. overwhelmed and therefore not able to pay attention. It's that we're understimulated. And yes. so our brains are constantly searching for new things to stimulate it. Yes. So that's why a lot of people that you know who have ADHD probably put the TV on 
mm-hmm. and then do stuff while they're watching TV. So I would do my homework while watching TV in high school. Mm-hmm. That was like the thing. And it wasn't, I wasn't watching SpongeBob SquarePants. It was just on in the background. Yeah. And I got my math homework done because I hate math homework. Yeah. So I can't do anything if the house is quiet. I have to have music or a mm-hmm. podcast or something on yeah, no. all the time. If the house is quiet and we just have the windows open, then I'm just like, oh, it's nap time, right? Like, if it's quiet, I'm like, it's quiet, so that means the sleep time. Or it's like, what's happening outside? I'm going to go sit in the front and, like, watch. Yeah, I think that might be our two different brands of ADHD maybe there. But um, another thing, I have two more things that I'm going to share with you, dear friends. Throw it out here. One of these I know that Jordan actually has in common with me, because when we talked about it, we were like, we both are going to talk about this. So Mm -hmm. she graciously allowed me to take the reins on this one. But very visual organization. And by that, I mean... mother. Baskets. Yes. So many baskets, so many bins, so many different little places to put all of your things so that you're not overwhelmed by how untidy it is, but you can still see all of the things you need to be able to remember. And so my medication Mm -hmm. and my toiletries Mm -hmm. have to sit right next to my bed Mm -hmm. on my bedside table. But I can't do that with all of my things because Mm -hmm. then you wouldn't be able to see any surfaces or my floor or anything else. And so I have found cute baskets and cute storage solutions that I can either see everything in the basket immediately or it's a cute enough basket that I'm like, oh, I have a thing that I need to remember to do or take or use that's in that basket. Yes. And out so, of sight, out of mind is so, so real for no ADHD people. No object permanence. None whatsoever. Zero object permanence. And so that has actually been one of the most revolutionary things mm-hmm. was learning the reason I forget where so many things are or forget to do things is because I just don't see them. Even if I had it written down somewhere, my brain would still be like, but where did you leave it? Wait, what are we looking for? (laughs) Hmm? But I have a little hook Mm -hmm. next to my door where my mask and my keys and my purse all live. Mm -hmm. So I know exactly where they are and I can see them if I just look up. Yes. And if your things have somewhere to live... That makes it so much easier to put them back. And what blew my mind is realizing that things can have multiple places to live. Yeah. Like you can have a hook for your keys and a basket for your keys Mm -hmm. and a space on your table for your keys. And as long as it goes one of those places, you have options. So you're Mm -hmm. never going to go, I can't make it to that right now or something. Mm -hmm. It's always going to go somewhere where it's supposed to go. Yeah. That was a game changer for me. Yeah. Yes. It's really wild because I think we're kind of underselling some of these a mm-hmm. little bit, but really, as soon as you figure out a way to hack your brain mm-hmm. so that it works better for the system that we're stuck in, mm-hmm. it's great. It's fantastic. It's incredible. And then the other thing that I have, and this is not super feasible, right, with society mm-hmm. in the before times or as we know it, but because I am so deeply unemployed and so very much stuck at home, I've been able to actually start working with my body's natural circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. I've been able to sleep when my body actually wants to sleep and I've been able to listen to my body and know when I need to eat and when I need to wake up and when I need to move around Mm -hmm. and it's been so good for my mental health but really not good for my capitalistic productivity but again only one of those things is important it's not the capitalism it's not the capitalism 
unfortunately, our society does place more importance on the capitalism. Mm -hmm. And so to the outside eye, I am not living a productive life, which is bullshit. But, you know, so it's hard to it's hard to reconcile that because that's less of a brain hack and more of a I'm grateful Mm -hmm. and lucky enough to still have a place to live, Mm -hmm. even though unemployment is canceled, apparently. Thanks, Congress. What are you doing? But basically, working with my body's natural rhythm has been so good, mm-hmm. and I, I recognize how lucky and how privileged I am to be able to do that. And although it is at the expense of, you know, being able to provide for myself because there's no jobs to be had and no unemployment to be given, which is a little scary, but the bright side is that my body has, like, and my mental health has never been better yeah. than it has been in this quarantine. Yeah. My anxiety has been better, I will admit. But in terms of my ADHD, I'm just having a grand old time. I'm having a good time. Um, Speaking of good times, we are going to go over to this new place called the Dopamine Trampoline. We got a little bit of listener feedback and we want to let you know we heard you. Uh, Hyperfixation Station, we decided to change the name to the Dopamine Trampoline because we got some feedback and we did some research and just kind of some general exploration of ADHD social media community. Mm-hmm. And the general consensus seems to be that the term hyperfixation is what people with ADHD, you know, it's it's the meaning that we as people with ADHD ascribe to it. Yes. However, we don't necessarily talk about actual hyperfixations in terms mm-hmm. of things that are debilitating, and we don't want to make light of that. Yeah. And we also want to acknowledge, too, that we're not the only mental health community to use that word. Um, that's also something mm-hmm. that the autistic community experiences as well. So because that word means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, while a fair amount of the things that we are going to talk about are hyperfixations in that sense, Mm -hmm. some of them aren't. And we want to make space for all of that and the ways that everybody identifies with that word and that concept. Yeah. So we decided to call it the dopamine trampoline because we wanted to say the dopamine something and my goblin brain was like, what rhymes with dopamine? Trampoline! Trampoline! And you know what you can do on a trampoline though? Jump some pretty sick flips. Oh, yeah. So it felt in the genre. Yeah, mostly I'm like, how high can I jump? Like, how many butt jumps can I do in a row without Mm. getting tired? Can you crack the egg? Can you what? Crack the egg. Like, you have one person sit in the middle and bunch themselves up in a little fetal position, and then everyone else jumps and tries to crack the egg. Wow. I feel like you had far more significant trampoline experiences. We had a trampoline when I was growing Uh, up. We did not. We briefly had a trampoline, Mm. but it was not ours. And it was on our roof for the duration of its existence in my life. That can't be safe. We didn't put it there. Yeah, no, we had a big purple lined trampoline. And this was before trampolines were required to have netting around them. Oh boy. Yeah, no, I think my sister hurt her back pretty bad at some point oh, when God. she fell off. But I don't know. That never happened to me. But I, I do think my parents got rid of it at some point. Maybe when I was in like middle school. But anyways, I did grow up on a trampoline. Not on a trampoline. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a niche in the dystopian young adult novel market that hasn't been filled yet. That's so. true. I will say I've slept on trampolines. Oh, yeah. Trampoline sleepovers? Mm-hmm. Trampoline camping. It's the way. Trampoline sleepovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a good old bond 
bonfire, good old Midwestern. After the football game on Friday night, you go over to your friend's house. They have like casseroles. No, because it's not moms. Moms uh. aren't involved. So there's just like Cheetos and Mountain Dew. Uh. And then, you know, you got the uh, trampoline out by the bonfire pit. And so you have a bonfire, you go inside, you watch the scary movie, and then a couple of you are brave enough to go and take your sleeping bags out to the trampoline. And then halfway through the night, you go back inside because you did watch Paranormal Activity and you mm. could not fall asleep because sure. you were in the woods. Oh, I love Southwest Michigan. What a time to grow up. Anyways, so <laughs> we decided to name it the dopamine trampoline because trampolines are really fun and... And happy and dopamine is also a nice and happy thing. Yes. And a lot of these things are the things that make us feel happy and ready to go jump on some trampolines. Heck yeah. So, Jordan. Flex. What's making you hop up and down and do some sweet flips on that dopamine trampoline? Ooh, this is a throwback dopamine trampoline. And it is, in fact, a hyperfixation in the traditional sense because I'm sure, as Lex will tell you later, this has kept me up many nights. Mm-hmm. And this is... My family's ancestry. I got into, like, the Ancestry.com thing when I was in middle school. Because, mm -hmm. you know, as I've mentioned before, I had normal child hobbies as a very normal child. Well, I mean, I think that's pretty common of, like, wanting to know where you're from, where you came from. And a lot of teachers, I feel like, when you're in elementary school or middle schooler, will assign, like, family tree This is things. true. So, you know. This is true. I just, I got into it very significantly in a, mm. like, that was my summer project for a summer. It's just I would spend every day on Ancestry, calling family members, trying to amalgamate all of these things and upload photos. And I just got very into it. Didn't get super far into it in middle school because... I was a middle schooler and I eventually got distracted by other things and because my family history is extensive and kind of complicated, there was a lot of, of sorting of who did what and where and when with whom and a lot of cousins that I realized weren't technically cousins in the traditional sense. And I went, oh god, that's not my cousin? That's not really my aunt? That's just my mom's friend who hangs out here? Cool, but that makes it a little more confusing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, I did my best, and I discovered, like, my great-great-grandparents' middle names. And it got about that far until I moved on to other middle school things, like calling payphones to talk to strangers and wearing mini skirts over jeans and nice things like that. Mine were plaid skirts over jeans. Oh, I respect it. Sometimes I went for, like, it was just a black skirt, but it was, like, a two-tier ruffle skirt. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'd change it up and throw it over some cords, and that was a very cool look. I can't talk. I had a green ruffle skirt that I wore over my flared Abercrombie and Fitch pants. Oh, I love that. Oh, we love a boot cut. Mm -hmm. That's not true. I can't wear boot cut jeans anymore. Nope. But I have a lot of flare pants. That's a whole other thing, though. Yeah, no, and it's also just the vibe for me. Yeah, and you don't wear skirts over them. No, it's true. So. I don't. <laughs> Sorry, this... Anyways. Okay. I recently, however, got back into researching my family history, kind of unintentionally because I was Googling things. Don't worry about it. As you do. As you do. And I stumbled upon a 200-some-odd-page historical document tracking, I believe... 14 generations of my family that was assembled by people I have never heard of. So that was a wild time. Yeah, I, I said it then and I'll say it now. 
if your family history, you know, if they trace it back that far, it's mm-hmm. not that weird that you don't know the people who made the list. I, I said this to Jordan that night, and she was like, yeah, but still, they know where I live. <laughs> it's less of the, I think you people are weird, and more of a, you know way more about me than I do about you, and that makes me uncomfy. Fair. I mean, were their names on the list as well? Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know. I think they were. Because if they are, then you can go and look up where they lived, and then you'll know exactly the amount that they knew about you, you know? This is true. Well, now I know what I'm doing after we record today. Anyways, <laughs> so I got to learn a lot more about my family history and clarify some things, because there were family urban legends that we were like, oh yeah, that might be true. We can't confirm or deny, but sure, we're probably related to Mark Twain. I believe it. Still don't know about that, but I do know that I had some people in my family with very interesting names. Oh, yeah. So generally, my family history is a source of interest to me, but specifically, I'm like obsessed with some of you people. If you're listening to this from the great beyond, my ancestors, what's up? Our pillow fort has (laughs) turned into the seance room, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, we're not conducting a seance. We're just saying like, hey, our apartment is haunted. It's fine. Yeah. What could saying a few more dead people's names do? How about you give it a go and see what happens? Sounds good. So next up, what you are going to hear is the list of best and worst ancestor names. These are compiled mostly from this document, but here are some of my favorite really horrible names. We have Rufus Zembauer. We have a guy whose name was Guy Lewis Wink. Which even of a... Thank you for that. Uh, she winked, if you didn't catch that. <laughs> that in of itself is not a terrible name, but what I love about this particular branch of my family tree is Guy Lewis Wink had a child named Rita Wink who married someone whose name is just listed in our family tree as, quote, Hootie, unquote. And that's spelled H-U-D-Y. Not like Hootie and the Blowfish Hootie, like Hootie. Yep. And that's all we know about this person. Nice. We also have a Glenn nickname Bus Stalker. Not only is his last name Stalker, S-T-A-L-K-E-R, but somehow got the nickname Bus. Mm-hmm. As what, you do. What do you, what do you do? What do you do to get the nickname Bus? You follow the buses. Oh, okay. You violate the privacy of the buses. Um. The buses... <laughs> Get a restraining order against you. And you become Glenn the bus stalker. Yeah. Fabulous. Sorry, Glenn. Still doing better than Crummel Mortimer, which sounds like moldy cereal. Yeah, that's like... It's just bad. Just a just soggy bad. vampire. But it's not as bad as the best one on the worst list. Mm-hmm. My ancestor, whose full name was Andrew Jackson P. <laughs> P-E-E. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so funny. It's so, so bad. Who would name your child that? Andrew Jackson was a terrible president. Andrew Piss Jackson. <laughs> Not my piss president. <laughs> Andrew Jackson P. Rest in peace. 
hate you. We need to move on. (laughs) This is just going to get worse, and it's already real bad. So let's move on to the best list. Yeah, let's get away from the piss-oriented names. (laughs) The piss emporium. So these were some of my favorite names. These are the ancestors who I feel like probably would have been super cool people. Starting with Dirk Overcash. Dirk. Dirk. This person's first name was Dirk. Dirk. And their last name was Overcash. And if that doesn't sound like a really quirky, old western HBO adult comedy, I don't know what does. Uh, so HBO Does call HBO me. even do comedy? I think they just do violence and sex. Okay, well, and who like would do? really wildly inaccurate period pieces. Hulu then? Do you I think mean, Hulu, Hulu would pick it up? Hulu would just be like, oh, you have a character named Dirk? Just add him to Letterkenny. You know, <laughs> the other Dirks. How about Netflix then? Sure. Okay, so I guess. Netflix? I guess. Call me. We also have a lot of other ideas. Netflix, Hulu, HBO. Probably not HBO. Probably not HBO. We're not really your market, but uh, Hulu, Netflix, YouTube TV. Colors. Pop. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Please. We have so, so many ideas. You know what we also have is a Bertha Grace, which in and of itself does not sound particularly out of the usual, but I really, really respect that apparently she went by Bert. Yeah. I love that. It's a really good name. It is a really good name. Bert. I Really respect. Who's your favorite famous Bert? I can literally only think of Bert and Ernie. Bert from Bert from Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Bert's bees. The bee. Or Bert's the bees that Bert owns. Uh, for okay. some reason I was imagining that there was a bee named Bert. Well, it says Bert's bees. Maybe. And it's Bert's got an like the queen, but it's got an apostrophe. Maybe Bert's the queen bee. Bert's oh, sir, yeah. So Queen Bee Bert. Queen Bee Bert's a good one. I'm still gonna have to say. It's a tie between Bert from Bert and Ernie and Bert from Mary Poppins. It mine's Bert from Mary Poppins. Okay. Hands down. That's so valid. He's mm-hmm. wonderful. He's very charming. Dick Van Dyke, I love you. I do too. Uh, but that's a different ancestor story for a different time. We also have a Vesta Pearl, which is a very fun one. So and fancy. I know. It just sounds very classy. I'm sure she owned a lot of nice brooches. And are you ready for this? Nope. My personal favorite. Oh, God. My ancestor... Hannah Burger Teeter. Yes! Hannah, if you're listening from whatever plane you're on now, thank you for being you. Hannah Burger Teeter. You are the patron saint of this house now. Mm-hmm. Your name is Hannah Burger Teeter. That is three separate words. Hannah Burger Teeter. Heard a Burger Teeter. Hannah Burger Teeter. Heard a Burger Teeter. Hannah Burger Teeter. Heard a Burger Teeter. Yeah, she, uh, <laughs> when I find myself in times of trouble... Hannah Burger Teeter comes to me. Speaking words of wisdom, let it Andrew P. We do have an honorable mention. Oh, hi, Root Beer. Oh, yeah. Oh, Root Beer's in the studio now, everybody. That's my cat. She's a very sweet girl. Yeah, my little baby. Uh, but my honorable mention ancestor, whose name is not super wild, but his life sure was, is Lou Miracle, who lived from 1855 to 1930. And in that time, he apparently invented paper cups, nickel candy machines, Something just listed as restaurant conveyors, which I can only imagine are those things in the fancy sushi restaurants, which was very ahead of his time for, like, 1910s, 20s America, and then killed himself. So he got a lot done in his short, tragic time, but rip in peace, Lou Miracle. 
It's a bummer, but yeah, all right. What have you got for us today, Lex? What are we bouncing with? Uh, Actually, before I get into my dopamine trampoline topic, Jordan, I would like to detail the night that you discovered all of these names real quick. Okay. Because it's about, what, 10 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m.? when you around it. Yeah, like 9.30. Yeah, and I'm just sitting in my room, and I just hear, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, what? Hello? Hello? And I'm, like, sitting in my room, just like, what the fuck? It was very disconcerting. I walk out, and Jordan is just staring at her computer, and she's like, there are people who know my name and where I live, and there's a, and she, like, (laughs) goes to this very jumbled explanation of what's happening, and I'm like, okay, are you good? And she was like, yeah, no, I'm good, I'm good. I was not good, And she, like, she was not good, but she said she was, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go back in my room then. And then a couple hours later, I come back out. She's still on the couch out in the living room, has work the next morning. She's a baker, so she has work at like 6 or 7 a.m. the next morning. Mm-hmm. And it's like probably midnight at this point. And she tells me some anecdotes. And this is when I hear about the fateful Hannah Burger Teeter mm-hmm. and Andrew Jackson P. Mm-hmm. And other such people in her ancestry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, are you good, though? Are you good? And she's like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm just going to like, I'm going to research this for a little bit longer. And then I'm going to go to bed and, you know, whatever. And I have like five, ten minutes. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I love you. Good night. And... I walk into my bedroom and then, you know, I don't sleep very much at all. And when I do, it's late. And so like 2 or 3 a.m., I come out of my room, go to the bathroom, maybe get a little snack. And Jordan is still in the living room in the same spot on the couch, (laughs) eyes bloodshot, only illuminated by the light of her computer and the dim string lights that we have hung up in this room. It was like 250 pages. And she was reading every single page of this document just listing people's names and ancestry. And she was just going and going. And finally, I was like, Jordan, it's like 2 a.m. And she was like, okay, yeah, no, I know, I need to go to bed. And and thankfully, by the time I was coming back from the bathroom or kitchen or wherever I had gone, she was packing her things up and going to bed. I made it into bed by like 2.30. Yeah, no. So in the spirit of knowing that Jordan was going to share that, I decided to share something that makes me lose the sleep. And what is that, Lex? Video games. Viddy games. Viddy games. Nice. That's actually what I have it written down as in my notes is viddy games. I didn't know that, but I knew that. Yeah. And when I say video games, I really do mean all of them. If you give me a video game to play, even if I'm not having a good time, I at least want to play it for like an hour or two before I make that judgment call, you know? And uh, I tend more towards RPGs. You know, I have an account on Steam because I don't have the money or the resources to actually have any consoles at this point in my life, but I grew up on Nintendo, Dreamcast, PlayStation. I never had the Xbox, you know, I never was privy to an Xbox type of life, but grew up very solidly on Nintendo with a healthy dose of PlayStation games and also a little bit of Dreamcast in there, which was fun. Mm, Keeping the variety. Yeah, a little spicy. So my brother, who is eight years my senior... I was his annoying little sister, and he taught me how to play video games. Specifically, the first quote-unquote big kid game that I ever played was The Legend of Zelda. Nice. Ocarina of Time. Nice. And my brother taught me how to play when I was about six or seven, and the first time I ever beat Ocarina of Time was Mm -hmm. when I was eight years old. Did I have help from my brother? Yes. But still. But not much. At that point, 
So I've asked him about this since then. And I was like, hey, so I have a lot of really fond memories of either just sitting and watching you play Legend of Zelda or watching you play Resident Evil or Sonic or whatever. And then sometimes you would let me play and we would play Bomberman and Super Mario and all sorts of stuff. So like, I have really fond memories of that. Do you have fond memories of that? Or was it just annoying? And he was <laughs> like, I think I was just kind of annoyed, but I'm really glad that we had those times Aww. when, you know, you were little, because obviously we still bond over those things now. Also, my brother was our first podcast listener. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Um, The reason I'm bringing this to my dopamine trampoline, specifically in solidarity with Jordan on losing sleep, is because video games are the number one way to keep me from doing anything productive or healthy or good. (laughs) Because if I sit down and start playing a video game, it will just time warp me. And then the next day, I'm like still playing the video game and it's like 5 a.m. And I'm like, oh shit, it's 5 a.m. I need to sleep. Yeah, I don't think I saw you for, like, the month that you got into Stardew Valley. And that wasn't even the month that I got into Stardew Valley. That was when I re-got into Stardew Valley. Because they updated, he had the, it was, like, the big overhaul update with the um, addition of, like, the winter market and, you know, all this other stuff. But Stardew Valley is a big one for me these days. Because, again, I don't have any consoles. So, unfortunately, I've not been able to do any of the fun Switch games. I've not hopped on the Animal Crossing train because I just can't afford to get a Switch. So that's where my life's at. But. I do have a Steam account, and so I have access to a lot of PC games that are MacBook-friendly, which is fun and good. You know, so, like, the most common, Stardew Valley, Sims, uh, Sims 4 has really been a fun one for me. Um, Nice. The Sims games are, like, top-tier eat-your-time for me. Yeah. Like, I'm not even a video games person, and I spent most of my middle school summers just Mm -hmm. not even really playing Sims, but, like, watching other people play Mm -hmm. Sims. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can watch people play video games for days, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I can watch YouTube streams and Mm -hmm. Twitch streams for hours. Mm -hmm. Just get taken right back to just sitting on the couch next to my brother while he played Resident Evil. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I was like, this is really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. So uh, some examples from earlier in my life, though, of times where I just would play a video game and Mm -hmm. not stop. Uh, Persona Mm -hmm. 3 was a big one. I would go to my friend Nick's house and we would play video games and I would just keep playing Persona 3 until finally someone was like, hey, it's like time for us to either sleep or to leave or to go get Taco Bell and refuel. Basically, my main thing as a middle schooler and high schooler, once my brother was out of the house, Mm -hmm. uh, Super Mario Sunshine played that so much. What is, for those of us who are not familiar, Super Mario Sunshine? So Super Mario Sunshine is a Super Mario game that I think was released first on GameCube. And GameCube was probably my biggest video game console in terms of time spent and also the fact that it wasn't my brother's or my sister's, it was mine Mm -hmm. that I played on that. So Super Mario Sunshine is a game where you play Mario from the classic Super Mario Brothers franchise of Nintendo, you know, and you have a little jetpack full of water. Ooh. And you go to this little island to go on a vacation with Princess Peach, and then it turns Aww. out that there's all this stuff happening, and there's, like, these evil paint monsters that have, oh, like, aw. put paint all over the island, and so you have to go around and clean the island up. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you have a little jetpack hose thing. Okay. With water in it. I'm doing a really great job of explaining this. I just assumed everyone would know what Super Mario Sunshine is, but it's a very happy game, very yeah. sunny, very peppy music. Sounds um, very, like, community support yeah, well, and it, it was so, it scratched that itch of there's a bunch of dirty stuff mm. and you just spray it with the water coming out of your jetpack. Oh, nice. And it goes away. Nice. So it's just very like, yes, 
I like this quite a bit. Yeah, so Super Mario Sunshine was a big one for me. Uh, Legend of Zelda, keeping in line with my childhood. Wind Waker and Twilight Mm -hmm. Princess, those were my main two big Zelda games that I would just pour days and days and days into with my friends or by myself. Uh, There was a Monster Rancher game, Monster Rancher 3, I believe, that I would go and play with my friend Becky that we would put so much time into. Um, There was even like a Neopets video game that I put a lot of time into at one point. Um, There's a lot, but the main ones for me were always... GameCube, Legend mm-hmm. of Zelda games, mm-hmm. Super Mario Sunshine, mm-hmm. and going into high school and then into college and more recent times. It's been more like Persona 3, mm-hmm. Stardew Valley when mm-hmm. that came out. That was a big deal. You know, I, I also, I have a real soft spot for Dream Daddy. Oh, which that's is a, a good one. No, I can't even call it a video game. Like, there are some mini games, right? But, like, you can't even really call it a video game because <laughs> it's more of, like, a story. Well, it's, it is a video game, but it's not the traditional, like... It's a dating sim. Yeah, it's a dating sim, but for dads. And it's so queer and so good, and it just feeds my feeds my little heart. It's very wholesome. Oh, it's so wholesome. Oh, I love it so much. The story's good, too. The story is good. It's about a dad who moves to a new town, or no, moves to the other side of town mm-hmm. with his daughter, and it's her senior, junior year, whatever, so she's going mm-hmm. off to college soon. Mm-hmm. And you meet all these dads who are also single. And ready to mingle. Most of them are ready to mingle, yes. Some of them you kind of have to work at it because they've been through some stuff you know so you get to know all these different dads and like you get points and whatever based on what how you answer the questions and it's it's a dating sim but it's so fun and so funny like the jokes are hilarious so good so yeah i do have a soft spot for dream daddy and i that is another one of those games where i just like played it straight through Mm -hmm. without even thinking Mm -hmm. about it what's up oh i was gonna say speaking of jokes Mm. Do you have another one for I, me? I do. She's got I another ADH dad joke. Are you ready for this? No, but bring it. So, uh, I heard that there's a new clothing store at the mall. They said it's for edgy teens with ADHD and it's called Off Topic. <sighs> well, we had a good run. Uh, love you so much. <laughs> I'm gonna move out now. <laughs> It's good. Also, uh, we did get a lot of feedback on our first ADH dad joke. All of you love it, which I gotta say, I don't respect your humor, but... I gotta say, I love you all a lot, and I feed off of your validation, so thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that dad joke. You're that's welcome. That's great, uh, and that's pretty much helps wrap up my little dopamine trampoline, is that I go. video games. Video games. Video games. Good times. Thank uh, you for that, Lex. That of was course, very fun. Of course. Uh, I heard that we have some listener questions. We sure do. We have two of them that we wanted to touch base on and get some answers to you. The first one is, how do I support a loved one who may have undiagnosed ADHD? And that comes from an anonymous audience member. Do you have any advice you'd like to pass on? I mean, my main piece of advice is just be patient. Yeah. And be communicative. Yeah. Not knowing exactly what your relationship is with this person. There are a lot of different things that you can do. But some things that I know that people do for me who are friends, who are artistic creators, who are coworkers do that are super helpful is 
stick to a schedule when you can, when you're making plans with that person, especially if they're regular. Um, and if this is someone you spend a lot of time with and do a lot of things together, time warnings are super helpful. If you're out with this person or you were planning to do something with this person, giving them like, hey, we have to leave in 15 minutes. Hey, we have to leave in five minutes. Hey, are you still on to hang out today? Like those sort of things are super, super helpful for me. I know that along those lines, being a body double when you can in terms of supporting that person, if there's something that they need to do, like sit down and do paperwork or whatever mm-hmm. or finish cleaning the house that is not fun and you have the time and mental capacity and willingness to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's super helpful yeah don't take their symptoms personally they're not forgetting about you or blowing you off or interrupting you because they don't care about you that's not something we can always help it's totally okay to be upset by those things but it's not your fault and along those lines separating your loved one from their symptoms can also be a helpful mindset to have mm-hmm. because it's not their fault either Yeah, no, I think my concern here is that you are seeing their symptoms and not how their brain is working, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's a sensitive thing to work with. So I think Mm -hmm. Jordan's advice is all really helpful and good. And I think that goes for anybody. I am realizing that I probably should have given you a little bit more context. I don't know the relationship that they have with this person, but the specific circumstances were like this person can't get a diagnosis because they like can't afford to go to a doctor. Mm, okay, got it. So sorry about that. Okay, so should've... it's undiagnosed because they can't afford to get a diagnosis, but they think they but the they're seeing a lot has... of symptoms. Yeah. Okay, and the person who has undiagnosed ADHD thinks they have ADHD. Yes. Yeah. No, that would have been helpful. Sorry. Um. So we have enough good okay. advice in there. I think. Yeah. Okay. If you do have any other concerns, we can help you as best as we can as podcasters. But again, we're not medical professionals. We're not therapists. We're not psychologists or psychiatrists or any of the above. So this is true. Yeah. Second question, I believe, was from my brother himself, right? It sure was. Yeah. He asked me in response to our first episode of the statistics surrounding ADHD and how many people live with either undiagnosed ADHD or just the sheer amount of people that are diagnosed. Adam was wondering, does it lose its meaning if everyone all of a sudden is finding out that they have ADHD? That's a great question, Adam. It is. It's a great question. And I think it's something that we do need to wrestle with, right? As Mm -hmm. content makers <laughs> uh, who are centering our whole podcast on ADHD and the fact that we have ADHD, I think it doesn't necessarily lose meaning the more people who have ADHD. I think the more people who have ADHD, the more research and more ways that we can help people with ADHD will come to the surface. Mm-hmm. And I think if there's this many people, you know, maybe we, instead of looking at what does it mean that so many people have ADHD, it, it's more a question of how do we look at our society What do we need to change about our society to be more inclusive and to allow for different ways of thinking and different Mm -hmm. patterns of thought? Like, we need to look at the ways that people who are neurodivergent have to hack the system. Absolutely. Because if there's so many people having to hack the system, then maybe it isn't a great system to begin with. Absolutely. Which kind of gets away from the initial question of does it lose its meaning, but my initial thought is no. What about you, Jordan? I agree with that wholeheartedly. And whether or not you have a diagnosis, if you are listening to these tips or you are looking at things online or you're seeing another post of someone who says, I have this ADHD problem and here's what I do to fix it, and that works for you, you are still allowed to use that toolbox. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You are still allowed to. If it helps you function better, it helps you feel better. Yeah. Can't tell you what to do or what not to do, but this isn't an exclusive thing. Yeah. 
Like, ADHD is not an exclusive club where, oh, well, you aren't diagnosed or you don't have all the symptoms all the time, so, mm, sorry, you actually can't reward yourself with M&Ms after you read each paragraph. Mm, you don't have major executive dysfunction? But who do you think you are trying to color code your calendar? Ugh. Yeah, um, excuse me? You need to leave. So, so yeah. Cut that. Thank you so much. If any of the stuff we said helps, great. Right on. If it doesn't help, then, you know, let us know. Yeah, we want to hear from you. You know, let us know what we can do better. Let us know what we could do worse. I don't know. (laughs) Reach out to us. Talk to us on social media or at our website. And again, we're just overwhelmed. We're, We're pretty overwhelmed with the amount of love that we've gotten after just three episodes. So thank you all so much. Thank you all for being here. Oh, Hannah Burger Teeter, we're really in it now. This has been another episode of Or Learn Parkour from Wholehearted Production Company. Yeah, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other places cool people listen to podcasts. Special thanks to the fantastic Cresha Perito for our cover art. You can find her at Petalhop, that's P-E-T-A-L-H-O-P, on Instagram and Etsy and Twitter now. So Woo. go say hi. Yeah, thank you to Tom Rosenthal for our intro and outro song. There is a dark place off of Keep a Private Room Behind the Shop. Very good album. You can follow us on the social meds as well. We are at Or Learn Parkour on Twitter. We are at We Are WPC on Instagram. And we have a whole website. That's WeRWPC.com. Yeah, and we will have links to all of the above stuff in our episode description for you, as well as links to our sources and transcripts for each episode. If you like this podcast and you would like to hear more from us, the best way to do that is to subscribe to this feed on whatever cool podcast app doohickey thingamajig you are listening on. Do want to just reiterate, thank you so much. Episode four, it feels like a big step and a big change already. And we have almost 69 regular listeners. We're so close. So close. Two more. Come on. And to get those two other people. We would love it. We sure would. If you could support the show by sharing it with your friends, with your family, maybe not your family, actually. It's not the most family-friendly show, but Depends at least with cool your friends. your family is. That's true. Your found family. Yeah. But yeah, share share our show, please. And leave us reviews we on really iTunes and it. such. If you feel so led, we do have a Ko-Fi, and the link to that is in our Twitter. It is a weird time right now, but also we are not big enough to get sponsors yet, and so if you're feeling generous... <laughs> Um, yeah. Thank you so much, everyone. Yeah, we would Let love us... to hear from you. Uh, we are so thankful for everyone who's listened to us so far. You're all wonderful. This is true. Jordan, I have a, a question for you. All right. It's related to your ADHD dad joke. Yeah. Lay it on me. You talked about off topic. And I was wondering, what's your favorite store? In the mall. Like, what was your favorite store in the mall when you were younger? Oh, man. This answer is not going to surprise anybody. When I was a youngster, when I was a spring chicken, there was a store (laughs) in our mall that was, if I remember correctly, called Gadgets and Goodies. Mm. And it was a kitschy little kitchen supply store, like an off-brand, like, sur la table like William Sonoma situation, but small town. So they also had those little flower fairy figurines. Yeah. And it was right next to the Cinnabon. That's mine. What was yours? In a plot twist that will surprise nobody <laughs> at all whatsoever, mine was Hot Topic. Really? Huh. Shut up. Stop it. Stop that. All right. This has been Orler Parkour. <laughs> we will see you in two weeks. <laughs>
It's not my fault that they had the Naruto headbands, okay? That's that's your fault. It's not my fault <laughs> that Hot Topic had the Naruto merch. Believe it! <laughs>